Welcome to the Association Advisor Podcast. We're glad you've joined us for a conversation around best practices, news, and leadership strategies for association professionals. I'm Kelly Clark. And I'm Katie Brown. In the commodity business, people tend to think, if I supply it, someone will buy it. But the world is changing, and interacting with all parties involved in the supply chain can give industry professionals valuable knowledge to create and sustain a profitable business model. That's why the Fisheries Council of Canada, led by President Paul Landsbergen, CAE, created the Future Leaders Canada program. Future Leaders Canada is a three-session program with two goals, to expose people to different parts of the fisheries supply chain that they would otherwise never see, and to expand their personal network of industry individuals and companies. Sessions focus on topics important to the seafood industry at every level, such as public policy, logistical issues, retail needs, aquaculture, and farming. We spoke with Paul and Future Leaders Canada graduate Denise Avery Reinhardt about the goals of the program, how they planned and implemented the inaugural program in 2019, and their plans for enriching the program further this year. Their 2020 class is in the middle of sessions in Boston, Ottawa, Chicago, Vancouver, and even Brussels, Belgium, and from all accounts, it's going swimmingly. The program is a testament to the power of associations to bring members from diverse roles within an industry together to deepen their knowledge about the way their industry works, while helping members network on a more personal level. It's also a great example of associations working with other organizations to share knowledge that can help improve the future sustainability of a global industry. Paul and Denise's conversation will encourage any association staff trying to better their member engagement and education offerings. But first, a message from our sponsor, Naylor Association Solutions. Go beyond just reaching your members. Create powerful connections and compelling engagement with customized services from Naylor Association Solutions. Naylor combines 50 years of expertise, creating engaging content with next-generation technology tools that help your association build touch points and resources that intrigue your members. We offer a comprehensive set of solutions, including communications, full-service event management, advertising, sponsorships and exhibit sales, career centers, online learning, association management, and association management software. Naylor has helped associations across more than 100 industries engage members through compelling content and user-friendly technologies. Get to know us better on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram, or learn how your association can achieve more member engagement at Naylor.com. Paul Landsbergen is a certified association executive and an energetic authentic and driven executive with more than 20 years experience in public policy, advocacy, and association leadership. With a proven track record in building, leading, and motivating teams, he's a confident public speaker with experience in media and industry audiences. Paul has been president of the Fisheries Council of Canada since November 2017. Before that, he served in several roles at the Forest Products Association of Canada for 15 years, including Vice President for Regulations and Partnerships, Vice President for Strategy, Innovation, and Economics, and Acting President and CEO. Recognized for his calm, positive, and personable nature, his strategic and operational corporate knowledge, and his ability to rise to the occasion when called upon, 
Paul focuses on thoughtful, progressive solutions that are win-win. Denise Avery Reinhood is the Director of Global HR at Clearwater Seafoods, North America's largest vertically integrated harvester, processor, and distributor of premium shellfish. Denise joined Clearwater in 2016 and is responsible for managing their HR Center of Expertise. Prior to joining Clearwater, she led the HRIT Center of Excellence for Subies Incorporated, one of Canada's largest national grocery retailers. She's known as a trusted advisor, influencer, and facilitator of change with experience in large corporate environments, helping to align people strategies that build, drive, and support business to the next level of performance. Denise received her Diploma in Advanced Human Resources from Queen's University and her Certificate in Information Technology from St. Mary's University. In addition, she's a Chartered Professional in Human Resources and a Certified Change Management Professional. Welcome, Paul and Denise. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's our pleasure. Having you. Let's start with Paul. Would you share some background with us about the Future Leaders Canada program? What is the program all about? The program is a career development program uh, specifically for the fisheries and seafood sector. And it really started, uh, I have to give the credit to Dennis Schreiber from Bader, North America. He was the one who uh, suggested to our U.S. counterpart, the National Fisheries Institute, to talk to us about expanding uh, their program to Canada. Uh, so NFI has been running a similar program for 20 years. Some of their alumni are now running their own companies. Uh, so they came to me with the idea and I loved it. And uh, the rest is history. We've got the program running. That sounds great. Who can participate in the program? Really anyone in the seafood industry and supply chain. So it can be wild capture or aquaculture companies. It can be upstream, so packaging or any other supplier, processing equipment manufacturers, uh, whoever that are upstream from the industry and then downstream. Uh, customers of our companies, uh, retailers, restaurant staff, uh, government folks that uh, work uh, related to our industry, just about any um, could benefit from this program. Oh, wow. So that is a pretty wide net, which that's fantastic. How long does the program run for and what are participants committed to doing within the program? So uh, our program is th basically three sessions of about three days each. And so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about those particular sessions uh, in a minute. But you know, we bring them together, they meet uh, people along the supply chain, learn about different aspects of the supply chain that they would not see in their day-to-day -day re responsibilities. For 2020, we've expanded it a little bit. We've got a couple of op optional components. So for those participants that would normally attend the Seafood Expo North America in Boston, uh, which occurs uh, every year in March. If they would typically go that, we have an optional uh, orientation session because that's the first part of the program. The sessions occur in May, July, and August. Another optional session for 2020 is around the Seafood Expo Global, which occurs in Brussels in April. 
every year. Uh, so we've got some additional things planned around that. That one has a, an additional fee for participants. I would imagine that's great that not only does the program cover Canada and the U.S., but it's also covering other continents and other areas as well. What was the motivation for starting a program like Future Leaders Canada? So as I said at the beginning, really this idea came from our counterparts in the U.S. And they sold me on the idea very quickly that a career development program for our sector could really advance the prospects for individual companies into the future. And it shows from the association, it shows leadership uh, for the industry. It's a great thing to do for the association. It may help with recruitment, which in my mind is always uh, important because it is a voluntary choice to be part of the association. Of course. And, uh, so that uh, really has been the motivation for, for us. Um, as for the participants, that's where Denise can speak. Perfect. Thanks, Paul. So from my perspective, I'm fairly new to the seafood industry, and I actually sit in human resources. So I'm not that close to the business side of things. So when this opportunity did come up, I looked at the curriculum. I looked at the places that we'd be visiting. I looked at some of the, the content of the, the program itself and thought, wow, this is an absolute awesome opportunity for me. One, to get to know the seafood industry. Two, to network with some of the other folks in my peer group in the industry. And three, to actually help escalate my leadership skills. So I was all over it, and Clearwater was more than happy to actually jump in and, and support me in that initiative. Do you feel like you achieved those objectives that you laid out through the program? Absolutely, and much more. You know, going in, my goal was to understand more about supply chain in the seafood industry. The places that we went to and the folks that we met and the things that we learned broadened that uh, more than I think I could ever get by sitting in my office you know, in the corner here in HR, that as well as the relationships that I've built and the folks that have actually, outside of the program itself, we actually met, met many, many other folks within the seafood industry. So I've established connections through that, through that entity as well. So I now have a network outside of Clearwater where I can actually reach out to folks if I have, a, have an issue I'm looking at or working on a project, need some support. So it's been phenomenal. Absolutely met my goals. That's good to hear. What were some of the highlights of the program for you, Meanie? And by that, I mean, like, what were some of the experiences that you were able to have through the program that really stood out? Wow, there were, there were so many. So as Paul may have mentioned or will get to, we spent uh, three separate sessions together, one being in Ottawa, which, which would have been the first one. During that session, we actually got to go to Parliament and lobby on behalf of an initiative. So that was a new experience to me. And much like many others in my group, that was pretty new, pretty I will say, but we got through it, so that was that was awesome. Second session, we went to Chicago, and I would say that was probably probably one of my favorite sessions, and really because that gave us a much broader sense of supply chain. We went to a a zoo to understand what that looks like and actually how sustainability works in a zoo. We actually went to a preferred seafood location where we can see how how the actual seafood is stored. We went to a simple retailer so we can see actually how some of our products are placed and marketed in a retailer. So just, you know, I, I said so, so many, but I really mean that every time we went to a different location, it was so great in terms of the experience that was brought, that was brought to us. Last location was New Brunswick, New Brunswick, which happens to be close to me. 
we got to understand a little bit about the aquaculture side of the business and actually went out on some small little boats to actually go out to some farms out in the ocean. So it was just, it, it was phenomenal. I, I can't say anything. So, so I speak so, so highly of this program and would really recommend it to folks, folks looking at developing themselves, but also getting a better, broader understanding of the industry as a whole. Yeah, it definitely sounds like those kinds of firsthand experiences you just described, going out into the water to see aquaculture farms and getting a behind the scenes look at uh, places at the zoo. First of all, it just sounds really interesting and exciting, <laughs> but also a great way to learn and really retain what kinds of processes go into providing seafood at every step of the supply chain. Just to echo uh, some of the things that Denise said, and I agree with you, Denise, that Chicago, I think, was the highlight for me, too, because not only am I the president, uh, I'm also a client. So I, I participated in the program. I'm uh, only two years into the seafood sector, so I learned a lot as well. And in Chicago, we learned so much around the downstream things, what motivates our customers into their purchasing decisions. And for a commodity business, uh, you know, you're, you tend to think of, well, if I supply it, someone will buy it. And the, the world is changing. And so we need to stay on top of marketplace trends and to hear uh, straight from retailers and food service companies of why they buy what they buy and, and the, the pricing around that uh, is so valuable in for, for the individual participants to take back and for me at the, the broader sector level. I completely agree. I mean, those are just the kind of conversations and connections that you cannot make sitting in your office in your corner of the world. And it's a perfect opportunity to get out there. Denise, you're such a great use case for this as someone, you know, who's in human resources, you know, you're not necessarily going to be subjected to this in your day to day. So it's such an awesome concept here. Um, Paul, I want to ask you a quick question. Just as Denise was reeling off all of these different activities and locations and things that you guys were doing, what kind of effort goes into planning? I mean, I, I just think it's probably such an undertaking on the planning side to get all of this orchestrated. So yeah, the planning was actually simpler than you would expect, but it's because of the partnership that we have with NFI and the fact that they've been running their own program for 20 years. So the Chicago session is basically a mirror of what they do for their own program. And they've got all the relationships with the organizations that present to us and host us for the tours and things like that. So that's pretty easy for them to do. For the Ottawa session and the fact that last year was our first uh, year in the program, that one, you know, because it was in our backyard, uh, we organized that one. And yeah, that was a, a bit more effort and we're a small organization. So, um, but we pulled it off and uh, so that was good. And then the St. Andrews, New Brunswick session, NFI had gone there before and uh, for their program. And so some of those relationships already existed and they did the bulk of that planning. So it wasn't too bad. For this year, we've got some additional components. So that'll add a bit more workload for NFI. And also instead of going to New Brunswick, we're gonna go to BC to learn about West Coast 
salmon farming and some other operations out there. So that'll be something different and add uh, a little bit of workload. But uh, I was out there in this past fall and was able to make some connections with companies and organizations that could host us. And so I think the planning on that is going uh, relatively smoothly already. By BC, you mean British Columbia, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Have there been any unexpected but good welcome benefits of holding these Future Leader Canada sessions? Well, as I said uh, earlier, you know, I'm always interested in recruiting more companies uh, because of membership in FCC is voluntary. And I think uh, having this program shows more leadership, shows more value. And uh, we, I think we've recruited one um, company uh, already through the program. And in fact, actually this year, um, two of our participants uh, are cold calls where they approached us and, and said, we want in. And we didn't even send them the information. They got it, uh, you know, through the, the grapevine. Oh. And uh, one of the companies that I've been trying to recruit uh, said, yes, we want in the program and we want to be members because members get a third discount on the tuition fee. Well, that's fantastic. That's certainly a, a good benefit to the association and, and hopefully one that comes back to those companies as well. What do you hope this program does to improve the future of the fisheries industry in Canada and beyond for that matter? Well, the, the benefits of the program are more information and knowledge, which is always helpful, um, and a broader network. And so uh, for the participants, they're going to do a better job in their company, which means a more successful company. Uh, the individuals could accelerate and, and advance in their careers faster and farther. So I think slowly and surely the entire industry will benefit as this uh, program continues in the years to come. Denise, did you have anything to add? I think that that makes sense, Paul. No, that makes sense. Well, even personally. So again, for again for me, it's it's opened up a lot of opportunities, broadened my eyes to the seafood industry as a whole. I never would have known how exciting the seafood industry is, and really how many great companies there are out there, and how many opportunities that there are in the industry. So really, for me, that uh, it really broadened things, but as well, it's opened up some opportunities for me to sit on a podcast like this, sit on panels through <laughs> National Fisheries Institute. So there's been lots of things where it's actually helped me get more visibility in the industry as a whole. I was gonna ask you that, Denise. Do you stay in touch with some of the participants that you met through the program? And have you been able to leverage some of those relationships as time has gone on? Absolutely, so we have a fairly frequent contact. It was a small group, uh, about eight of us but we chat fairly regularly. We've met up several times if any of us are at different events or different functions. As well, I now have a forum where I can reach out to folks. If I'm running into some challenges in a certain area in HR, I have a connection at other companies in Canada where they can put me in touch with someone in their HR department. So yes, definitely on, on both fronts. Stay in touch tremendously, love the group. We've built a really strong connection which then gives them the opportunity to reach out to folks within their business itself. Yeah, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Now, Paul, is that a typical group size, about eight to ten people, or 
what what does the actual makeup of a, a group look like? Yeah, so that's about the size that we had hoped for. And uh, so we're very happy with that. And, and 2020, the class will be uh, just a little bit larger, perhaps. So that's good. The makeup of it is quite representative of our membership and the sector as a whole. We've got people participating from uh, all three coasts, east, west, and uh, the north. Uh, we have wild and aquaculture uh, participants uh, and the people, their own individual roles in their organizations is quite varied from operational to sales to regulatory to branding and marketing. So it's a, it, that diversity just adds to the value. Do you hope to be able to expand the number of participants in future years beyond 20 or do you, do you prefer to keep it as, as a more intimate small group? We could probably go to 12, maybe 15 and still have that nice intimate feel of the group. Uh, if you get any larger, there's different logistical aspects that you have to think about in terms of getting all the class from point A to point B during the sessions. Like NFI, they have like 40 people in their class year to year. And that's a whole different set of logistics to move people around. So having a small intimate class gives you more options and is easier to manage. Given the size of our sector, I think we'll likely stay between the 10 to 15 range. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. It's easier to manage a smaller group. And probably when you have a smaller group, you're able to access more experiences, the kind of hands-on experiences that Denise was telling us about earlier um, with a small group rather than a large group. Sorry, even even uh, tours of facilities get, get more complicated with a larger size because sometimes they only want to take half a dozen people around at the time at a time. And so if you've got... Uh, um, a small group, you don't have to break them up as much. It's not as much of a burden on the organizations that are hosting you. Sure. Yeah. And I'm sure you do want to be respectful of the time and effort that those organizations are essentially donating to your program. So that's important as well. Yep. Now you've mentioned that there is a fee to participate in the program. Is the program funded through any other means? Some aspects like uh, the dinners, Along the way, we ask for sponsorship. So last year, uh, Clearwater, Denise's company, uh, sponsor sponsored one of those uh, evenings, the social icebreaker type thing. And uh, but it's it's those sponsorships are like one or two per session, and the uh, tuition. That's uh, how it's paid for. And then I should also mention that participants. They the additional cost for them is also they pay their own travel and accommodations and some of the meals um, during the sessions. That's uh, above and beyond the tuition fee. Oh, okay. So it does require a bit of an investment. Denise, you had such you've had such good things to say about the program. What would you say to someone considering participation and considering that kind of investment in a program like Future Leaders Canada? Gosh, I would say first off, do it. It is a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous, tremendous opportunity that uh, that I found incredible. You will the investment that you put into it. You and your company will get that in return, whether it's through 
the knowledge or leadership development that you're getting, whether it's through the connections that you'll have within the seafood industry, but you will come back being a better employee for the company that you are, that is sponsoring you. Absolutely. And the investment is not that much different than what companies would pay to send their management team to an executive MBA or some other professional development program, right? The, the, the overall costs are uh, comparable. Yeah, I was thinking that too, that I, I'm sure there's, there are ways that you can kind of do a bit of a comparison. And I really think by it being a more intimate experience, and Denise, you know, I'm sure you may chime in here, but by it being a more intimate experience, I think you really do get a lot more of that one-on-one, you know, small group FaceTime that I think is so monumental when you're doing these kind of leadership development type type courses. So I think you could probably make a pretty good case maybe to your company for sending you along to do something like this because it sounds so beneficial. I mean, Denise, you're a great advocate. You're, you're a trustworthy source. <laughs> Absolutely. I have nothing but positive things to say about the program. For sure, for sure. So, Paul, we've touched a little bit on the fact that you are going into your second year now in 2020. And we've talked a little bit how, about how the program's evolved and how you're expanding it a little bit. Do you have any long-term goals for Future Leaders Canada, the aspirations that you're, you're considering as you go into year two? Long-term goals, I think that uh, we've started a, a great thing and the alumni will just grow and grow every year. In terms of year to year, I think some of the content that we cover will be revisited here and there to make sure that it's timely and is addressing and, and includes the, the hottest kind of topics. And last year, uh, we went to New Brunswick to learn about salmon farming and, and other things. This year, we're going to British Columbia. We cycle back and forth year to year so that we can cover off uh, kind of the both coasts because certainly on the aquaculture side, things are done uh, a little bit differently. On the wild capture side, the the two coasts are a little bit different as well. So those are the things that we're currently thinking about. But uh, I think this program based on the success of the first year the interest uh for this second year that this could have a long future and um really excited about it i hope it does have that long future it sounds like a really valuable program for businesses and individuals alike and i hope this second year is proving just as successful as the first one question that we like to wrap up with with a lot of our podcast guests is what do you love about what you do. And it might relate to this Future Leaders program. It might relate to something else. But for each of you, what do you love about what you do in your role? For me, again, coming from HR, where the perception is that it's, you, know, you sit in the corner and you push paper around, now having a broader sense of the seafood industry again and the scope of what Clearwater does, it's pretty tremendous how we are such a global company. So again, the, the opportunities that Clearwater and the industry as a whole provides for folks that, such as me sitting in HR, it's, it's tantamount, it's, it's unreal. So I love coming to work, I love the opportunities it gives me, I love the diversity, I love the globalness of it. So yeah, that's, that's it. Paul, what about you? For me, I, what really drives me is making a difference. 
Um, so in my day job, if I can work with the industry and government to find a better way of uh, doing various things, whether it be on the policy side or whether it's uh, within the industry and things that they're uh, doing, if, if, if I can help make a difference, a positive impact, uh, then you know I'm happy at the end of the day. For this program, I see it making a difference, helping companies invest in their own management teams and improve their future uh, as companies. And that's what really makes it so exciting. Sounds like it. Thank you both so much for joining us today. We've had a great conversation. We really appreciate hearing more about this program and what the future holds. And Denise, thank you as well for joining us um, and sharing your perspective as a participant. We appreciate it. Thank you. Great. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. And this podcast will help attract more participants to the program. We hope so. Yes, we hope so. I'm confident. (laughs) What a great testimony Denise and Paul gave us about the value of professional education thanks to association membership. I love how Denise said she never would have known how fighting the seafood industry is and how many great companies operate in it if she hadn't taken advantage of the Future Leaders Canada program. And that she keeps in frequent contact with the other participants from her class, that they continue to meet up at industry functions, and that she feels comfortable reaching out to them for help working through challenges she faces in her HR role. It really sounds like the Future Leaders program is enabling strong connections within Canada's seafood industry. And really, because seafood distribution is a global operation, as Paul said, these are connections that can span the globe as well, and that will long outlive the program itself. I liked hearing how the program has benefited the Fisheries Council through improved member recruitment. Access to such a distinctive education program makes membership in FCC that much more desirable and valuable, and it shows leadership in the industry. I was really happy to hear that they've already recruited one member from last year, and that one company they've been trying to recruit for membership became members and immediately registered participants in the Future Leaders program because FCC was hosting it. I know, right? I just think that kind of return on investment, new members, increased name recognition, a reputation for quality programming and education, that is what association programming should be about. If you have an idea for our podcast, send us a note. You can reach us by email at associationadvisor at maileronline.com. And our Twitter handle is at associadvisor. That's A-S-S-O-C-A-D-V-I-S-E-R. If you'd rather stay behind the scenes but want to know more about a certain topic, submit your ideas to us and we'll work your topic into our lineup. Our email address again is associationadvisor at maileronline.com. Thank you to Naylor Association Solutions for sponsoring this podcast. Visit www.naylor.com to learn how your association can achieve more member engagement and non-dues revenue. Thanks for listening. Until next time.